This is a yelling podcast. From poking at you to plans and everything in between, this is Magnified Pod, the only podcast that discusses culture, religion, politics, and the entire discography of everyone's favorite less. Wow, I, I blew that already at <laughs> the very beginning. Everyone's favorite Left Coast Punks, MXPX. Uh, my name is Andrew Phelan, and sitting uh, slightly to the left to me of me, to me, to me, is um, John Potter. What's up? Um, and this is a very new uh, venture. We've Neither of us have made a podcast before, as everyone will probably um, hear throughout the duration of this experiment. Um, but it's something that I've wanted to do for a number of years and what form it took. Um, I couldn't necessarily decide what would be, what would be something that I could talk about that anyone would be interested in, in listening to. Right. I went, you know, I went to seminary a couple years ago to study interfaith dialogue. And I thought maybe I could do something like that. Maybe people would want to listen to, I mean, that's something that what we believe individually is something that kind of ties everybody together. But then, you know, that never came to. But then I thought recently, um, why not do a, a podcast about something I'm truly um, passionate about? And then um, I thought about doing a podcast about Weird Al. And obviously. Some, so, I mean, obviously, who I don't know why there aren't hundred podcasts about Weird Al, but there there is one that's been around. Um, um, I'll have to I'll look them up and give them a shout out at some point later in the podcast. Um, but they've been doing it for like four years, um, which there doesn't need to be another one at this point. Um, but then I thought about man, I've been listening to MXPX since I was maybe thirteen, maybe thirteen years old. What? About the same for you. Yeah, think? same. I think thirteen. Yeah, because I, I I remember I got my first album in eighth grade, Teenage Politics, and I thought maybe that that would be it. That could be the angle. And who is the person that shares that passion? And that'd be John Potter. And so um, I sent John an email um, back in March. As we're as we are recording this right now, it's um, just the beginning of May, twenty eighteen. Um, but um, so we started going back and forth about like how we'd want to do this. Is this is this a good idea? <laughs> Would anybody want to actually listen to this? But if anything, just getting together as two dudes talking about something that has been pretty foundational and important. Yeah, man. Why not? Why not give it a shot? So after some planning finally doing it set up in my dining room table just want to describe the scene here i have all of the mxpx cds in their sleeves just sitting next to us just sort of giving the mxpx vibe i have a glossy uh five by seven photo framed framed of tom wisniewski mike Herrera. And Yuri Ruli staring very longingly. They're looking good. They're looking very good. We were trying to d- determine at what date this photo was taken um, because it 
wasn't in 2018. Yeah. Um, but it, um, I got it as part of the MXPX fan club, and I thought, what other reason would I have to display this other than maybe while we're doing this podcast? So we are drinking a couple beers. We had thought John had the idea of trying to get some of the um, beer that was released. Yeah, well, this this was a couple of years ago with the 350 Brewing uh, here outside Chicago, who's done some shows and stuff with Mike and I think with the band at a couple events. And I know they released, a, I think it was a Poconatch beer a couple of years ago, but I believe it is no longer available anywhere unless somebody has some to send us. They uh, did they, they released that um, when when they came through and played with Five Iron was that? Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I know they've also three fifty did a Five Iron beer as well. Okay, but I think their thing is kind of like brewing punk rock band beers. Yeah, band beers. I wonder and... if they did No Effects because No Effects also has a beer. That sounds familiar. Okay, so one of the other reasons we decided to do this. Um, was MXPX has a new album coming out, Date TBD. Again, as of recording this, they had they just wrapped up their Kickstarter fund for their 10th full-length album. They had 4,030 backers. John and I are two of them. Woo. Woo. $273,000 pledged over five times what the goal was. Right. And they said, um, so I watched the live stream um, the last night. They did a live stream with the three of them. Uh, initially, it was just Tom and Mike, and then Yuri dropped in later, um, and they were doing it like the last two and a half hours of the campaign. And they said that in that uh, in the live stream that the project got funded within the first day. Right. So they did fifty thousand. They got fifty thousand dollars. It immediately which is encourage it's got to be encouraging as a band that's when you've been together for 25 years that you still have people that are willing to be like you know yeah give me give me they just want the download cool you just want to get Plush one thing I. but like if you look at the you look at some of the stuff that people backed we're looking at a $600 pledge for a video of M- any MXPX song. We did not do that one. We did not do. <laughs> we did not Sorry. do that. Um, yeah, one of these days when we're uh, making the big, big bucks, we'll uh, we'll get Mike to come play it, play at our house. Um, but That's right. you know, I did not have several thousand dollars. But like people, people did that, and that's yeah. I think that's really amazing. Um, but we do have a sweet plush Pokenatcha Punk? Yeah, coming your way. Yes, that is. That was, I saw that and I was looking at it right now on the site and it's, I don't know how big it is. I mean, just based on. <laughs> Looks about Yuri's head size. <laughs> yeah, it's about Yuri's, the yeah. size of Yuri's One head. One Yuri head. If it's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a, it's an international Yuri unit. Um, <laughs> and it's specifically um, the length of Yuri's face. But it's really cute. And Mike has posted pictures of a, of his, of his son playing with them and stuff. So it's pretty cute. I got that uh, Five Iron Horn EP yeah, coming you know, my way. You know, and I here's the thing. I feel kind of like a dick now. I told my brother about um, about this campaign the day after, after. it ended. And um, 
and I told him about the horns EP and he went <gasps> well and and then I was like uh he's like oh so what what's the deal can I and I said oh it ended yesterday <laughs> so well, and he and you guys went to that that five iron mxpx show together right a true. couple of years ago yeah and uh yeah well it, we'll see if we hang on long enough and we we keep going through everything maybe one day brian can come on the pod with us and we'll discuss the ep uh, you know i don't know he was uh i talked to him about the pod yesterday and he's, into it. <laughs> he said he's like you know what i'll i'll download it to give you to give it you know that the appearance of of a listen but i'm not gonna listen to it well his loss his loss yeah so um yeah guess who's not getting to listen to that horns ep yeah it's gonna be so good and (laughs) And brian is just brian will never hear it um sure um well i mean they said specifically that horns ep is only for backers that's right um and we're not gonna play it we're just gonna we're just going to talk about how great it is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we no, we're not. We definitely are not going to um, play it on the on the podcast. We are going to be going through the discography of MXPX, and we're going to be discussing album by album, episode by episode, episode by episode, moment by moment. Uh, the every, uh, every passing moment, every passing you moment. Will. You know, we'll slowly be going the way of <laughs> you know these of these albums, right? Starting, as I said, from at the intro, from Poconaccia to Plans. And today's episode is going to be about Poconaccia. But first, we felt like it might be important uh, to kind of discuss, you know, where where we're coming at, um, where, where we're coming from in regards to MXPX. Like, why, why did we get into MXPX? Why do we still, as dudes in their 30s now, um, feel it important to talk about it so john you want to talk about what you how you maybe how you first got introduced or your background of sorts yeah i mean i should say uh part of what we wanted to talk about using mxpx as kind of a, a jumping off point for was sort of it was a perfect uh kind of platform for the two of us to get into the stuff that was important to us as kids growing up and how that took shape as we got older. And I think um, that kind of weird intersection of like Christian punk and um, what that meant for the very specific segment of people for whom that was really important. And then kind of what's happened to a lot of people since then. And I think, right. um, yeah, I'm sure as people who were kind of in that scene at a certain point uh, have gotten time away from that scene, like their, their faith, their politics, their thought in general has moved uh, their life in general, their life in general even has moved, uh, you know, in a bunch of different ways. So I think, um, yeah, so I kind of grew up um, in a mainline household and, um, but kind of on the fringes of the evangelical scene and so I went to an Episcopal church, but I think for a lot of mainline kids, this is true that like the, the should, youth, should we identify like what mainline, sure, like yeah, we're, yeah. cause we're like a lot of these terms for us, evangelical mainline, mm-hmm. those, those are terms that we are deeply entrenched. We're very much entrenched in, in some of this lingo and maybe for people on the, who didn't grow up in, in, in the church, they don't really know what. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you want to, like, 
keep it very broad. Basically, the main line is the the Protestant half of the church or whatever uh, that's a little more liberal um, and, you know, higher church more likely and evangelical. I mean, I think especially in this age, a lot of people know what the connotations for that are. But yeah. generally, you know, more conservative, lower church, um, I don't know. <laughs> anything to add yeah well i just wanted to maybe mention so like yeah, yeah. lutheran presbyterian right, right, right. um episcopal would be more yeah t- leaning towards more mainline. high church mm-hmm. mainline um but anyway i don't mean to railroad your part no no, no. so yeah the, since uh, i monologued for about 10 minutes at the beginning i think it's an important distinction i think yeah, uh, sure. Oh, and, for sure. and probably doesn't matter to some people matters a ton to others but absolutely yeah if yeah uh, i think making those distinctions even now acknowledging that we both grew up in an evangelical denomination mm-hmm. but is no is nowhere near the the um the connotation of what evangelical means right now that yeah. that was not yeah our sure. experience yeah so um but so I think this is true for a lot of people who kind of grew up in those kinds of churches you were talking about, you know, Lutheran, Episcopalian, whatever, that like the youth group was kind of the place where mm-hmm. you intersected with the evangelical world um, most heavily. And so I was kind of always on the fringes of that world. I knew about it. Um, I wasn't really entrenched in it. But a lot of what um, youth groups at these churches would do would kind of be like trying to get kids to think that church was hip which has been time in memoriam what churches have done but this particular time in the 90s when like pop punk was exploding and um you know alternative music was such a thing and the christian bookstore scene was a scene into itself um was a time for um trying to get kids on board with um like punk bands, uh, Christian punk bands were an avenue to which you could get people to come to church. So that was kind of like my entry point for the whole Christian music world. Um, and then kind of as I got older, it's, um, you know, I would, I would become more familiar with that, but yeah, I think, so that was my kind of first encounter with them was I think, well, we can get into this later too, but we've yeah. talked about the, the comparison chart that existed mm-hmm. of, I don't know who produced it. Uh, I, I honestly, for the life of me, and if anybody can has a copy of this or has some sort of image that they can find, it's. I remember it was sort of like. I don't know. It was smaller than if than an index card, but yeah, it folded up, right? And it had. I feel like it had like a lightish blue, mm. um, but it had the different genres, and then the sort of more secular band right like if you like this secular band <laughs> here's this christian band here's this christian <laughs> you band, the analogous yeah. christian band that so that we we'd talked about you had brought up that green day right. was the analogous band for mxpx so if somebody liked green day then mxpx would be maybe the the most uh comparable which is yeah. not really. <laughs> yeah. Later, when I would like get into them, I was like, "That's not right at all." <laughs> they don't def- know punk. No. <laughs> I mean, but it was definitely whoever put that list together 
was not they they right. weren't a, a huge skate punk <laughs> fan that they they're probably just like oh who's this uh, who's hip with the kids now in 1994 right yeah but yeah i definitely remember looking at that list and i and i probably picked up a couple records yeah. based on whoever whoever put it out it still was when i was 13 years old it still was a uh, something that was helpful because I wanted so desperately to find right. new new music that that was appealing to somebody like me who's like I I'm very heavily identified as a Christian and I want every aspect of my life to be so uh, I want to throw myself into this whether it's music or right. youth group or yeah I would say like I. I was never on fire for the Lord, as no. the kids say. Um, I mean, that, I mean, <laughs> we can get into that later at some <laughs> point, maybe. But yeah, I never, I never got super. I, I approached the list with skepticism. Interesting. Um, but I did be like, okay, MXPX. I should write that down. <laughs> um, and there was an MXPX poster on the wall, and uh, there was it was the on the cover album cover, I okay. believe, that the poster was. And I was like, okay, these guys look kind of cool. Maybe like. Let me just reference point this this one That's right. because there is there is another alternative on the cover, mm. um, just like a different a different shot of them that I feel like also made they made into a poster. Yes. This is definitely the one with the sweet Mike is rocking some sweet sideburns. Yeah, some oh, bleached man. hair, the, the frosted tips, frosted tips, ball chain necklace, all of which I would have within a year of seeing that poster. One hundred percent. Um, my freshman year of high school, um, I rocked my MXPX um, shirt, which was the the Poconatcha Punk doing the rad skateboard move. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's from the cover of, from Let It Happen. Let It Happen, yeah. And I had my um, bleached hair. I had my ball chain necklace. I went full my Carrera, mm-hmm. my freshman for my first day. It was either my freshman or sophomore year. I can't remember which one it is now. But I was like, and I had this conversation with this dude on Twitter that we took our fashion tips oh, yeah. from Mike uh, yeah, 100%. Sure. And I was yeah. like, and I did not pull off the frosted <laughs> tips hair look. Because first off, I, I, I'm 34. I still can't grow sideburns. So I so desperately thought, like, I saw Mike rocking the sideburns Mm -hmm. um ronnie martin from joy electric Mm -hmm. also had meaty chops yeah i had some very ill-advised facial hair based on (laughs) bands at different points in life yeah that was that was a um but it was also during the time of the resurgence of ska and those ska chops (laughs) every every, like everybody in the ska punk scene had those huge 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 sideburns they looked uh, so great, I thought, at the time. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, even going back and looking at this image of Mike, I still think... He looks pretty cool. He's, he still <laughs> looks really cool. That's a cool dude. He's he's the, he's the coolest dude. Um, not to discredit the... No. I mean... Of course not. Tom and, Tom and Yuri didn't, didn't... I don't think ever had any ill-advised... Um, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like Mike changed his yeah, hair. Yeah, changed it up. Like every single... Album yeah, that was inspiring to me. Yeah, in my change, <laughs> my changes, <laughs> I, I had many, many terrible haircuts. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. dye jobs. And they, in high school, um, mine continued through college. Oh yeah, I had a couple of those as well. Yeah, 
um, very much late into college with mm-hmm. uh, black hair, um, <laughs> a, a a giant mohawk. Yeah, um, that was but, way more punk than I ever got. I only <laughs> rocked the faux. The faux, the faux hawk. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe if we're feeling brave, we might be able to dig up some of those share some pics share some sweet sweet pics (laughs) we talked about this a little but my senior picture portrait i rocked many of the aforementioned uh bullet points frosted tips ball chain necklace the photographer had seated me um very sexily on the back of like with the chair backwards which was the obvious sign for rebel slater style the slater style yeah yep yep. classic slater um, and then to to top off that really great looking image, I had MXPX uh, as my senior quote, which we were all required to have, which was, um, there's nothing quite like being sure of what's inside your heart, which at the time I thought so was just like, Man, that, is, that is deep. I didn't really know what it meant then, and I don't totally know now, but I'm, I was pretty sure it felt important. So anyway, MXPX was, is, was in my bones. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that... My when I first got that, the and maybe we I can get into it more when yeah. we do um, teenage politics. But suffice it to say, I was drawing the Poconatra Punk. Punk. Oh yeah, on every surface that I could manage to draw on. Yep. Um, immediately, we had you know at least in our school, I think probably a lot of schools. Um, we had the paper bag covers oh yeah for all of our books yep. so just covered with band logos mostly mxpx yeah. mostly and maybe we should even mention why we for those who were maybe more casual listeners of mxpx why we called this podcast oh yeah magnified pod we yep. haven't even gotten into that so as the the story goes the name of the band at the at the beginning was magnified plaid right and and evidently when yuri would um made the initials of the band instead of making magnified plaid was too long to fit on the posters so he would write mp i guess and the the dots the periods after the letters he would do x's and so i think people thought it was mxpx and so they never released an album um, as Magnified Plaid. No. But um, I remember there one of the documentaries they they um, about the band. Maybe it was one that they did eight years ago. It was it was a little while ago. Um, in it that Mike was going through his garage and finding all this old stuff, and they actually had the very first shirt that they printed okay. that said. Magnified plaid. Okay. It had a magnifying glass. That's just cool. like it was a white shirt and tiny. It was like it was a really small yeah. logo, but um, so that's that, that. I don't know. Maybe that was the only piece of merchandise that they actually created that had magnified plaid on it. Because by the time they did the orange station wagon or whatever it's called, it was like the EP that they were just doing tapes of pre Poconatcha. I mm-hmm. think they were already. MXPX on there. Yeah. But anyway. We're going to need to need to get some of our, our history straight. That's right. Um, so MXPX was, you know, one of the, only one of a handful of Christian bands that 
I was listening to at the time. Um, and, you know, we're talking about um, poking at you today, but that wasn't our, even our first introduction. I came to, I came to poking at you like, Maybe even after I got, I, mine was first was uh, teenage politics. Maybe even life in general. Yeah, I think, and then I think so. maybe I went back to Poconatra. Um But so John and I were talking about some of the other top bands that were really important to us or influential at the time that we were listening to, and a lot of them were Christian. Some of them weren't. Yeah. And something that we will talk about at a later time is, because um, this was sort of prevalent, I think, in the Christian circles, was sort of purging your non-Christian music, mm-hmm. which I absolutely did. So, But we'll talk about that later. But my music in middle school and high school was almost exclusively punk or some derivative okay. of punk or ska or... Um, hardcore punk or something like that. Um, but what were some of your... I mean, we don't need to do like a yeah. top like definitive list or something yeah. like that. But what other than MXPX, who were yeah. some of the other... Bands? I mean, I feel like you can divide pretty neatly for me. There was like a non-punk like half and then a punk half. And there was a couple years where, like you're saying, punk was like the main uh the main group i was listening to but like uh there's always stuff beyond that um but there's definitely a time when you know in the scene if you consider yourself a punk it's very important and like Mm -hmm. your identity is very much wrapped up in that so listening to stuff that wasn't punk for a while was just like no man it's not punk it's not part of the scene but yeah i mean like i think there was stuff that led into listening to punk and but previous to that it was like I mean, from when I was, so yeah, like 13 is when I started going to shows, when I really started like caring about music, and that was like Weezer, mm-hmm. uh, Radiohead, um, Soul Coughing, which was, they were very big in the Twin Cities, which is where I'm from, uh, Portishead, Johnny Cash, I was always super into. But then there were kind of some bands that I would get into around like freshman year that kind of were an entryway into punk more broadly. So like The Clash was always been one of my favorite bands, and um Slater Kinney, which wasn't quite punk, but was kind of like on the bubble of that scene. And then Minneapolis had like a, and still does have a super great music scene and had a great punk scene. And Dillinger 4 was huge Mm -hmm. for me in high school. And, um, but yeah, the other big ones at the time were like no effects, suicide machines. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, there, I wasn't, I was very aware of like the Christian punk and ska scene, but they were never among my favorites necessarily other than mxpx but five iron for sure was huge sure, sure. um goatee hook was another yeah, big one absolutely, for me absolutely. Um, and there were other big ones too but those were kind of the main main ones i'm i'm so interested in i mean you listened to what i would classify as much cooler <laughs> there was terrible stuff in there as well no but i mean like <laughs> i did not listen to um radiohead or the clash or slater kinney or or some or portis head that was i you know i was definitely i mean you had said that you're you were you never were on fire for jesus yeah and i I would absolutely 
fall into the category where I was like super intense um, yeah. about about my faith in especially in high school I got really really intense um, I mean I mean almost like right down the line until I got to that period where I was super evangelical and really yeah. did not take Mike's um, advice in 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 teenage politics where he said legalistic people suck and I was very legalistic in my in my understanding of of you know morality like if it was non if it was not christian mm. then i need to stop listening to this but as you said like Goldie hook um five iron um those were definitely on my list mm-hmm. in addition to slick shoes oh yeah that was pretty um pretty important yeah um the cooties which was yeah. the side project for Mike and Tom, and then a couple of the dudes. Um, one from guy from a ninety pound wuss, right? Also and, important, and uh, also from Slick Shoes. So, mm-hmm. um, but then you know, again, ska like Less Than Jake, Suicide Machines, yeah, Operation Ivy. Oh yeah, um, those were the bands that I was like, but they were very much not Christian. Yeah, but if you listen to We'll talk again about the, the the political aspect later when we get into teenage politics next episode. But there was this um, in a lot of these bands, um, especially Operation Ivy and um, Five Iron, and they had these they, were, they had these political elements to the songs, issue, issues of um, justice and inequality and. Yeah. With, with Five Iron, he he often talked about um, you know issues of uh, injustice towards Native Americans, yeah. and I think um, Reese's lyrics were like a first window into justice issues for like tons of teenagers, probably. Yeah, yeah. and and I think also Reese Roper of of Five Iron, um, also somebody who wrote actually thoughtful lyrics. Yeah, not not throw away not right. simply looking for a rhyme yeah when when you're when you're young you're very idealistic and so in these first handful of albums um for mxpx especially when they're teenagers they're yeah. very idealistic they're very sure of themselves mm-hmm. um of what they believe in and so that makes for very interesting um listen because you're very compelled by these people who are very confident in their beliefs and what yeah. they and what they think Poconatch is the most explicitly faithy of anything they would ever do by yeah. a mile. yes yes um you know for a majority a majority of the songs there is t- to some extent some reference or you could decipher some sort of reference to god or their faith mm-hmm. so um maybe Maybe it's worth starting to take a listen to um, to Poconatcha. Let's do it. Uh, um, so we acknowledge that Poconatcha is, with the exception of Let It Happen, which is not a proper album mm-hmm. um, since it's mostly B-sides and um, demos, but Poconatcha is the, the longest of their official releases. It's real long. It's very long. Um, I would say um, too long. 
Yeah. Um, it comes in at 48 minutes. It's 21 songs. That's so much longer than any punk albums I was listening yeah. to at the time. Oh, I mean, yes. And when you, when that first, the first song, you start off with the first song, Anywhere But Here. Um, it's three minutes and 25 seconds long. Wow. It is, that is a very long first song for a punk album. Right. So. Also, they were 16. Yeah. So that's a lot of songs to have available. That, that is a lot. A 16 year old. That is a, that is a lot. And part of me wonders if they are like, um, let's just put everything, everything, everything yeah. that we got onto one album, you know, um, why, why save it? Why call anything? Right. I, I, I mean, if I were to, you know, record, I mean, I recorded some really, really terrible music when I was, um, yeah. that age, um, significantly, I mean, this album is significantly better than anything I wrote when I was that age. Yeah. Um, but there's probably no sense of let's, um, like what what should we cut should we let's keep it a tight album it's probably like let's just throw everything right throw everything on there um but so john and i we put together or we've been putting together uh playlists of the top three songs from each album um not necessarily what we think are like are only the best songs from the albums but trying maybe sort of a representation songs that we think are really great but trying to make a, a playlist of what songs we think if we were to put together a list of, of all these songs, what would make the cut mm-hmm. and also recognizing that we're, we just can't for the sake of your time and our time, listen to and dissect every single Poconatcha song. Right. Um, if people want to discuss it, um, elsewhere, you know, you, we, you can do that. might be a good time to acknowledge, um, our Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at, magnified pod or email us with questions feedback um corrections advice whatever um your story we are uh, magnified pod at gmail.com or you can hit us up individually um on twitter i am at i am just a dude and john it's not as cool as your name it's at on tape with john which is based on a shitty blog i still sort of run <laughs> and that is john j-o-h-n mm-hmm. not for uh, yeah yeah not this j-o-n nonsense right good looking out <laughs> um so i think it, it for for me um i selected my three poking at you songs are walking by think uh, that's tw- my number one that is your number one yep. okay interesting um think twice good one and ears to hear mm, i don't even remember which one that is no but so what um so you said walking by what was walking by is number my number one okay i feel like it's got a classic intro that's still always in my head and it's got these great hardcore verses which typify a lot of the album a little more hardcore than they yeah would absolutely be most of the time but then they had these very more melodic mxc mxpxe kind of choruses um, that would kind of like signify more where they went later and the drums are notes in it. And I, I love that. <laughs> um, so I want us to go, I want us to listen to the songs that we have on our playlist, but I think it's worth listening to 
anywhere but here how the album starts out yeah because as we said we did not start off with this album right we had teenage politics and maybe even life in general yeah. before we went back to Poconacha. so when i first heard this it's jarring it is very very jarring yeah um so let's uh let's take a listen to anywhere but here track one on Poconacha. that's anywhere but here um so i think it's very um prominent throughout the album the absolute fuzziness of the and griminess of of all of these songs and something that they on the live stream that they did the other day for the kickstarter i had asked tom a question about well not so much a question but a comment about the guitar sound on teenage politics mm. um, and how it doesn't sound like any of their other albums. And he said, well, yeah, that's because we learned how to record right. better. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also a different guitar player in Poconacha. Yeah, it is. It's, it's Andy ones, but, right. um, in Poconacha and then Tom in who started in teenage politics. But just, I think to the larger to more to what Tom was saying yeah. was, they didn't know really how right. to probably to record well right. or didn't know what they were doing. And that's nothing against Aaron Sprinkle or any of the other um, people who, but um, it just does not sound no. great. I think Aaron Sprinkle even has said like, he didn't have a clue what he was doing either. <laughs> that was like very early in his producing. And yeah. I think uh, Brandon from tooth and nail was basically like, okay, if you think you know what you're doing, yeah, Go for it. And uh, yeah, they, they 21 songs and the sound varies pretty little. <laughs> like that electric, that, that distortion uh, pedal on, on the electric guitar is laid very heavily. Yeah. And whatever they're running the bass through is much fuzzier than normal Yeah, for Mike. So. Yeah, Mike, um, you know, I don't know what gear he's playing with, um, but his his sound uh, much later on in, in, in their albums, just a much cleaner and a very mic tone he, yeah. he becomes his his the tone the style his style of playing bass is just becomes more um decipherable and iconic in in the mxpx discography this this album is you know i i put together my top albums um i'm not gonna i think maybe we'll wait till the end of the podcast series to maybe reveal um whether yeah the um, yeah, I guess it'll be a top. It'll be the 10th. Right? Yeah. Cause yeah. there will be a 10th. Yeah. This, yeah. Cause John and I were talking about whether or not certain, certain albums hold up, if certain songs hold up. Um, and you know, in the top, in my top nine, this is, 
this is not my it's lower it's lower in there and it's not to say that it's not a great album i it, i think that there are still a lot of really yeah. great songs on here i think this album suffers from the fact that they're all super young yeah. everybody's inexperienced um i don't know how how much experience brandon even had yeah um in engineering or running a label or um uh, quality control and in this sort of thing but um yeah the very different in in terms of um the overall sound that people think of when they think of mxpx it's Uh, crazy i mean yeah i just it's crazy how talented they were for being so young yeah (laughs) even given all the other stuff like i mean i feel like you can hear kind of in the when we were fading out of the song just now the little there are these kind of like intricate fun little bits in a lot of the songs um that are more indicative of where their sound would head later because it was like a lot of these very like yeah it just feels like this little jazzy bass flourish there for a minute well that that's that's sort of the those clean guitars right that that makes a comeback in in teenage politics yeah there there's some definite jazzy flourishes yeah. that make their way into later albums um the sort of the clean guitar the yes. the sort jazzier of feel. jazzier elements and um i always thought that that was sort of unique that 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 doesn't really i don't really find that in right. in a lot of the other punk rock i was listening to at the time yeah you could you could sense that they had chops which like for sure a lot of bands who were kids who were putting out hardcore albums they might be great songs but like you couldn't you couldn't feel that they had like you know real playing ability or songwriting ability and i feel like there was something here like that i don't know if the more metal style riffs and intros on a lot of the songs are more owed to andy's influence as yeah. a guitar player at the time or if it's just what they were going for where it was much more kind of like that Southern California, like hardcore metal sound that they were yeah. sort of influenced yeah. by in the beginning. And they'd kind of move away from that. But yeah, I, I, part of me wonders if this album is more of an influence of Andy's guitar style yeah. than anything else. Um, cause I don't know if what he really went on to do after MXPX. Yeah. I um, don't think he played anymore after that. Or yeah. I could be wrong, but, um, but it's also worth noting that, Yuri wasn't really a drummer for very long. And also Tom, later, Tom was primarily a drummer, and then he became the guitarist. Right. So these guys definitely had chops Yeah. Uh, for being so young and, and the drive to make these songs sound as good as they could. Yeah. Why don't we play... Um, one of your what was what was your yeah, song because we both had a walking by walking by it's my number one i mean my my number two was one ad okay. which is like chronologically yeah. in the album the next the next one so. sure yeah let's listen to um since we both have walking by let's uh let's take a listen to walking by Never help me. 
drums are nuts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is, I mean, this is such, this is such a great song. And for all the, the what, you know, the indicating the, the flaws in this and the, maybe the recording, um, something that I said to the dudes uh, on their um, live stream is they were sort of dismissing their older stuff hmm. and to some degree they're like just kind of how bad it sounds acknowledging how it doesn't sound great but a bad recording does not equal a bad, bad song. songs yeah and this is just the hardcore nature of of the drums the how fast how fast they are um it's just it's probably one of the best songs on the on the album to like a 15 year old who was like we were talking about very invested in being punk and yeah. all that that meant which is dumb <laughs> um and like yeah the the more hardcore you were the the purer you were yeah that, that song was real great <laughs> <laughs> what um what was your you said one ad one ad so i mean probably mainly because it's it's the only one that really stayed a standard, right? Like it, it's the only song I think from the album that they kind of kept playing forever. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're in terms of like what they what they play live. Yeah, because it's kind of, it's kind of the first and maybe only song on the album that sounds like the band that we would know. Um, it feels much more MXPXE than than a lot of the stuff on the album. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, well, they play "Walking By" on oh, their yeah, 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 on their right. first MXPX Live okay. album, um, which for some reason is not um, not on their their Spotify playlist. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm I don't really think they play anything else on this live album other than uh, their first one, other than "Walking By." But but one is probably the most well known from yeah, the album. Yeah. So let's take a listen to One Ed. I think I'm also impressed at the the level of melody that they've been able to work into. Yeah. The the sort of even though some of the songs are pretty hardcore and fast, they still have some really solid harmonies and melodies going on in the background. It's not just a straightforward hardcore punk song. Right. It's maybe the most like pop punk song on the album. Uh, yeah, for sure. And again, it's um, the Mike is trying to, I feel like he's trying to write a love song that has some substance to it. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to be like, he's trying to say, not just like somebody that, the girl that's hot, right. but. This one buys me Coke, man. <laughs> yeah, and the, what else do you really need? Right. Um, but 
you know, wedging in there that she talks to Jesus all day long. Such a good one. <laughs> um, but I mean, this is this is um, of the first three songs on the album. Um, Anywhere but here, weak and want ad. They all three of them talk about his faith. They talk about God. They talk about this one very specifically talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not like like you don't want it to look like he's lusting after her right. because yeah, yeah. you know you don't want to get into because in the the second song he talks about. Um, the flesh nature, <laughs> which is a like, very specific theological yeah. concept of, um, of you know that w- the the flesh is weak, which right. is maybe why the song is called weak. Yeah, um, and it makes like it makes me wonder, kind of like what he was specifically wrestling with, right. and and if he's talking about flesh nature, it makes me wonder if he's like, like you know, lusting after girls. And maybe that was something he was really um, struggling with. And so he wanted to make it clear, like, I like this girl because she loves Jesus. Right. Yeah. And and that's nothing else. Nothing else. Not the short hair doesn't get mentioned until later. Right. Yeah. The short hair girl with a pretty smile. Right. Um, Yeah. He famously changed uh, the social D lyrics of uh, make love to her all night to hang out with her all night. So (laughs) lust was, Foreboding. Yeah, that's certainly at least in my life growing up, I was very much a uh, one of those things that I was did not want to, you know, lust and and sex and you know, jerking off like those were things that were like right. tisk tisk. Let's not let's not do that. Yeah, you're, you're falling into um, the flesh nature. Yeah, can't do that. No, there was. Um, this amazing i think it was an niv teen bible and if you saw the cover you would know the one i was talking about but again my entree point into that was from youth group but they had this teen bible uh i'm sure in the like marketing for it there was maybe some some dude skateboarding or something like that but um they had extreme christ it was super extreme and there were some great uh helpful examples throughout um the passages to relate to kids today and i strongly remember uh some some passage relating to the flesh nature if you will <laughs> uh comparing sex to a ham sandwich oh, no. um so yeah that that kind of thing can what, make what an impression that? on a young person is, i don't even remember what the what point was mean? it was just like maybe it was like paul stuff or it was like you know sometimes we all want a ham sandwich but is it really the best? i don't even remember <laughs> it, if anybody can find the list of the comparisons and the ham sandwich reference uh hit us up but. i don't remember i don't remember <laughs> Paul writing in in any of his letters, it's like it's like, hey Ephesus, you know, put down those ham sandwich. I mean, the, plus give me that Sammy. I, I mean, there were a lot of them were probably Jews. So they probably weren't <laughs> getting down with the ham sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> rocking maybe that's sandwich. what. It, maybe it was like more theologically weighty than I knew at the time. And there, <laughs> anyway, I just remember that being like, even as a kid, I was like, this seems like a thing that can mess a person up. Anyway. <laughs> That and the um, I'm not I'm not sure if you ever got into the Every Man's Battle book series. <laughs> no, but I'm aware of um, Wild at Heart, which I assume uh, is probably similar. There, you know, for anybody out there who did not grow up in the evangelical church, there were some really bad, yeah. really bad theology and really damaging writing targeted towards 
us when the, when these books came out. So Every Man's Battle was about how sex was and porn and masturbation was literally the worst thing in the world. Right. And and then there's The Wild at Heart, mm-hmm. which was a very this sort of specific kind of masculinity mm-hmm. um i never i fortunately never read that but then there was also the um kissing kiss dating, dating goodbye, kiss dating yeah, goodbye yeah. who um oh gosh what was his name because he in recent years he sort of um apologized for oh, right, right, the yeah. harmful nature of uh of, of that that book right. and what it did to a lot of young girls at the time um well anyway um sidetrack sidetrack let's go back to the next the so i put on week that's actually my uh cool uh well no i I did not though that's that's the i was wrong i put on um uh think twice so let's check out think twice in this song are also really great i'm air drumming as we are listening to that um you know i this is something that i think is an interesting um here's another talks about a brotherhood being bonded by the son of god um yeah this is i mean it's a very it's a very intense song i mean the talking from what i can tell about the intentionality of words that we we say hurtful things that you know but we're we're brothers we're family let's try and be um intentional with how we with how we talk to each other but he acknowledges like yeah i but this sort of smacks to me of this sort of like taking yourself a little too seriously because Mm -hmm. yeah like you don't want to be an asshole to your friends, right. but let's, let's, I, I mean, I think I was very much too like that when I was younger, mm-hmm. taking my relationships and myself and my faith way too seriously. And, um, what do you, I mean, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> the closest I got to, to being on fire for Jesus was yeah. when, so yeah, like I said, my, youth group was a little more evangelical leaning than the church in general. But, um, we did go to the Billy Graham crusade when he rolled into town, which, uh, featured DC talk among others. Oh, I I saw them. I saw them on their Jesus freak tour. They played with audio adrenaline. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can catch it. That's, that's our side pod on DC talk. Um, (laughs) but, uh, talking DC talk, (laughs) talking DC talk. And, (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, I remember like coming off of that, I was uh, dating this girl at the time. Again, I think I was 13 oh, wow. and she was not Christian. And like, I came away like, what? can't, can't do it anymore, bro. And, uh, cause I just felt very convicted and I, you, like, you, you broke up with her because you thought that's what Jesus would want. <laughs> well, or Billy Graham, oh, or Billy Graham. which oh. at the time, you know, people were telling me they were one and the same. And, uh, like, yeah, it was just like your relationships have to be rooted. So, in, yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, so I broke up with her for vague reasons. And later I was just like, man, that was not a great thing to do. And, uh, that kind of messed me up. So that was my <laughs> foray into understanding those dynamics a little bit, but oh, man, that's maybe we can get into that. Cause a little later when we, cause I didn't, I, my relationship experience at this point, <laughs> when I was at this point in, in the nineties, uh-huh. um, I did not have a girlfriend or even come close to being in a relationship when I was, when I was uh, 13, you know, you're, you, I think you might've beaten me. The frosted tips. I think that's, is, that's, that that's the, what did it. it was yeah. the, I could I grow mean, the sideburns like yeah. by 14. So I think I'm yeah. sure that's what the ball chain necklace. It brought all the honeys. No, I, uh, <laughs> the suggestion that, that I was in many relationships <laughs> is not <laughs> accurate. What's uh, what, what's your, what's your next song? Uh, oh yeah. Well, I was just going to say one other thing about, um, think twice, which is like, it yeah. opens with this very metally yeah. hardcore sound, which typifies the album, which I'm kind of always like, I don't know if I'm into this, it's kind of sludgy. Um, but then by the chorus, it gets into this very like, uh, kind of poppier MXPX sound, which I like that the song can, can cover all that ground. Well, I mean, you, you talk about metal and, um, and that, the song after that, which I think we probably should listen to because you brought it up and uh, the metal elements, but right. Unopposed mm. is has a very sort of um, metally hardcore kind of sound to it. Uh, yeah. Some guitar with this. There's those little guitar flourishes. I mean, this is still a still a great song. There's a lot going on. So, um, I was unopposed. What was your, um, what was your number next? three? Uh, third and final one, PXPX. Oh, really? Mainly because it's such an iconic chorus. Yeah. And like, I just associate that with the album so much. Yeah.
Shadowlon, of course, yeah. is like such a <laughs> indicative of what the scene was at the time. <laughs> it screams too. Yeah, this is. Um, this one is this scream, though. It's <laughs> a good one, man. It's so pained. Yep. Um, yeah, but those sort of gang, those gang vocals, um, yeah, those are, that's, I mean, and that's a punk song. A yeah. minute, four seconds. Yeah, yeah, there you that's, go. Gets you gets right to the point. Yeah. Um, so I think my, my last, um, of my third song on this, on uh, Poking at you was Ears to Hear. Right now there's This is maybe as good a time as any to maybe bring up the fact that maybe, I don't know, maybe we can talk about where we're at now because sure. there's something there's something that in these early albums, and I mentioned it before, that Mike has, he's so sure of him, his faith. Mm-hmm. He's, this song, Ears to Hear, and a lot of the other songs on his on the early albums um, has to do with um, being sort of misunderstood for being a Christian, um, non-Christians not understanding right. what Jesus and God can yeah, yeah. give to them, mm-hmm. and and that's and that's what the song "Ears to Hear" is about. It's like gosh, what else can I, you're just not getting this. And that sort of certainty, I think if you, if a non-Christian picked up this album, uh, you know, I think, I mean, it's very, some of the, some of the songs can like fly under the radar if you're not listening to them, uh, listening to the lyrics. But for people like us who listen to them very specifically because we're like, yeah, that's great music and... Dealing with themes. Dealing with the, the themes and the elements of our of our youth. Um, <laughs> um, but so I think it's worth noting that um, I don't um, I don't identify as a Christian anymore. I haven't for about the past uh, five years, um, and that sort of journey from being, as I said, very much on fire a legalistic you know writing i was on my high school newspaper writing very christian articles for my high school paper um i was a very very open um very obnoxious (laughs) christian in high school but um now you know acknowledging like yeah i don't i don't really 
believe that anymore. Um, and some of you might say, hey, didn't you just say that you went to seminary a couple of years ago? And yes. I, yes, I did. Um, as, uh, as a agnostic atheist, as a non-Christian, I went to seminary because I still felt like it was important to engage in some of those bigger questions and not, um, de- not going to demonize somebody for simply what they believe. Um, that's not, that's not who I, who I am. Um, but so, and it's also worth noting that Mike himself had said in an interview, at least maybe six years ago that he doesn't, um, identify the Christian God as like the one true God. He, he, so, um, I haven't really heard anything else other than that one quote, um, from him. And I think he kind of said he, he felt almost obligated to write about that stuff because he was a part of a fiery youth group as well, where he felt he had to do that. And then as he grew up and moved away from the church, kind of took stock of what he thought and decided he didn't really connect with that anymore. Yeah. And we can look at the, those lyrics of that later albums. Um, but right. I feel like, um, up through, uh, the ever passing moment, um, which came out in, um, was that 99 or 2000? I think 2000. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that was, probably the last album that i from what i've listened to that at least had some sort of overt yeah is that the one with um but have you truly studied studied this historically historically? what i was gonna say and i don't want to cut you off but i was just gonna say like i would say that (laughs) obnoxious attitude you were talking about definitely like continued through that album and i almost felt yeah so and finish your thought but I was just going to say, like, even as a a kid, you know, like I said, I was kind of cynical about a lot of Christian culture, but I identified then as Christian and still do now. Like, even being in that world, I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, yeah. he was going too hard for it to me, and it came off pretty patronizing. Yeah, there. that's, that's, um, I would probably use that word. That's probably the, it, there's some songs, even on, um, teenage politics um that it sort of has like i i have the answers you if you would just listen to me if you would just figure out what i figured out as a 15 year old that i got that i got these answers all you have to do is just listen to my advice and it is a little patronizing but as a as a kid listening to this i was like I was at least I was you you were more skeptical than I was. I I just bought it all. Right. I was I was I was into it and I was also probably just as obnoxious and just as I'm sure I was equally obnoxious about about other things. Well, I mean you were listening to Radiohead and also and... obnoxious. <laughs> There's a lot there to unpack with obnoxiousness. Sure. Well, yeah. Um, so I wanted to say, um, a couple more things. We, John and I had, had talked off, um, before we, before we, uh, started the recording. And I don't think I have mentioned this, but that, I mean, aside from it being 
long. Um, I do think that they probably could have um, shaved off at least five or six songs from this album. Yeah. Um, especially the the latter quarter of the of the album. Um, and Dead End being the last song, it comes off to me as probably one of the sloppiest songs mm-hmm. that they've ever recorded. I think it's just worth listening to just to kind of see, like, this was not a finished song. Mm. This was not a... This maybe could have ended up on Let It Happen as a demo or sure. something, but it was not worth... It's not album material. I mean, those. I feel like those drum fills now, if recorded properly, if yeah. played by the, you know a forty-two-year-old Yuri now, mm-hmm. um, it just it just it does not sound completed. It does not sound fully thought out, um, and, and then it just it just everything just sounds sort of sloppy. But mm-hmm. um, in a lot of these songs that like before, I re-listened to this album a bunch. Um, one way window, JJ's song, uh, no room, like these are not yeah. album, not songs rather that I think I even listened to much back when I had the album. They don't, no. they didn't stick with me at all. Um, but like um, some of these, I think the the first half of the album is actually rather rather solid, and they probably could have just stuck with you know fourteen fifteen songs, um, but. You know, there's some songs on here now that are kind of like Bad Hair Day is mm-hmm. sort of kind of corny. Um, um, another song about TV, you know, just like talking about how TV sucks and <laughs> you're, you're, you know, you're becoming brain dead from watching TV. But I'm thinking like TV sucks. Like, <laughs> like. 1994 and like i was like what was what was on tv in 1994 i like went and looked and it's like seinfeld i mean (laughs) boy meets world which is obviously probably one of my favorite shows of all time we had the x-files of course uh fresh prince um friends i mean 
I don't know, some people, they're Seinfeld friends, people who are like, you're, mm-hmm. you're one or the other, but, you know, I don't know, I don't know, Mike, maybe you just weren't listening or watching the right stuff, you know, my so-called life. Oh, man. Yeah, you know? that was 94. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, what, we talked about doing a, does this hold up yeah. segment, which we might get into later, but, but yeah. I, I have some thoughts about another song about TV. Okay. <laughs> If we want to get into yeah, it, yeah. Why, why don't I? Why don't I play? Uh, play a little bit of that. takeaway from the song is that Yuri is just a beast (laughs) on this album I mean I don't know when he started playing drums but gosh he for for a young kid he just was crushing it so fast you know um I've heard him talk about um on Mike Mike Rare's podcast the um he did a Mike did an interview with with Yuri late last year, and he talked about how um, some of the, when they were tracking drums for um, life in general, how um, how fast your problem, my emergency is, and mm-hmm. how when they re-recorded that album um, recently, how how still difficult it is even after 25 years of just how fast some of these some of these early songs are and i mean he just was cruising through some of these early songs just so fast yeah we'll we'll talk about this in future episodes but when we get into the bands that we were in yeah um but i for sure was was way more talented as a 16 17 year old (laughs) player than i am now oh because we were devoting Um, so much more time to it back then yeah So it's definitely, I mean, not to say that any of the guys have fallen off, but like, yeah, it's, it's weird to look back and be like, oh, right. Like at 16, you could really, you could really play. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, as far as what, what might or might not hold up on the album overall, like, as we were saying, it's definitely the most explicitly kind of, uh, preachy, um, out of any of the stuff and your mileage might vary, um, on that as far as whether that still holds up or not. But, um, yeah, another song about TV is funny because, like, at the time, I remember being like, yeah, man, like, <laughs> there were a lot of punk songs about how TV was just, like, yeah. controlling us all and, like, buying into the system, man, and, like, so I, I liked that song at the time, but it is funny to look back because it's, like, well, and a kid today, I mean, kids today don't watch TV, they watch Netflix or whatever, but, yeah. like, yeah, you I just guess. You sounded 100 years old. Kids, the <laughs> these kids, kids these, today these days. on their devices and whatnot. Um, 
but yeah, when there was only like, I mean, and I didn't grow up with cable, but if you only had a few channels, I mean, I loved the X-Files, don't get me wrong, and my so-called life and other shows you mentioned, but when it only felt like there were a certain number of channels and they were like feeding you a certain perspective and there were the commercials, it was just like, yeah, man, I'm out on the whole thing. Yeah. Which like today is just so funny because like, you know, we're living in the post just after the golden age of TV, some would say, right. where there's all these amazing shows on and everybody watches TV now and like... There's so many great shows, but yeah, it's just funny that at the time that was like a rallying cry. Cause I remember a lot of punk songs about like turn off the idiot box and right. stuff. But then there were, there were some bands that like, I know that, um, who was it? Was it, uh, who's the band that had, uh, was it black flag, um, that had a TV party? Yeah. Yeah, sounds, then, yeah. Yeah. TV party, you know, um and like the descendants had songs yeah, about yeah. watching tv right um but so it's yeah it did it was not like a sure homogenous sort yeah, of yeah, like yeah. all punks were anti-tv but i just think it's a funny idea now to be yeah. like this is our song about not watching tv it yeah, just feels very unusual it's very, today it's very dated yes. it's very much in like yeah because i don't i the way i approach watching media is almost exclusively through some almost non-televised function like it's either streaming it on a device or i'm um watching something on youtube or i have my smart tv watching something through you know but not nothing live i almost never watch anything yeah live. yeah um anyway Anyway, so I feel feel like that's uh, should we call that? I think we I think we poked at it. Pretty, we poked at it pretty successfully. <laughs> I don't know. I still yeah, like you said. I mean, there's a lot. There's that, there's uh, still. I mean, we barely um, scratched the surface on a lot a lot of these issues that we wanna that we wanna cover. Um, so we'll have to. Um, oh, you know what? Jeez. We uh before we go we sh- we need to talk about um something I wanted to do was Mike's vocab corner. Right. So you know this is something that I had noticed uh, as a as a theme throughout some of this early works. This and this might go back to the sort of maybe little patronizing element uh, of some of the lyrics about knowing more right. than the person who isn't paying attention or listening to. The, the sage advice of the Christian who knows the right, right. the right and the wrong. But um, Mike had this propensity for sort of shoehorning, shoehorning rather, not shoehorning, shoehorning words into songs that like, as a kid, I had no idea. Like, and as a 15-year-old, um, uh, I had no idea what some of these what some of these words meant. So there's the song uh, "The Aspect," which we should play a little bit of uh, "The Aspect" because this has a, a choice word.
so um, maybe maybe you missed that. And uh, but Mike said, um, so my solitude gives me time to roam through uh, through my ideals. I excogitate how I see the world and how it sees me. Yeah, man. So um, I don't know if I've ever used the word excogitate. I don't know if I've ever excogitated. <laughs> um, I think you, you've definitely excogitated okay, cool. because it's a it it, it's a verb. It means to think out, plan, or devise. Okay, cool. So I think we would all we all excogitate every day. Yeah. Um, I just don't think, but um, outside of the song, I've ever used it. So, um, do you think he had that word at the ready? No, like, absolutely did he not. Go to a <laughs> rhyming dictionary or a thesaurus? No. Or... I mean, first off, it doesn't rhyme. Excogitate <laughs> doesn't rhyme with anything else in the song. But also, like, no, I, I, I think it's probably wanting to kind of put a word out there that sounds sort of. Yeah. Uh, intellectual mm-hmm. um but then there's uh the song uh twisted words uh, which has another another 15 dollar word Those twisted words cause ignominy, mm. as Mike says, or as other pronunciations say, ignominy. Mm. Um, but it means public shame or disgrace. Um, and I think it's pretty safe to say that this is the only song ever written yeah. that includes ignominy <laughs> in the chorus. <laughs> yeah, certainly by a 16-year-old, probably. <laughs> I mean, does this... Does, I mean, does this strike you as a little peculiar because it because like growing up and hearing these words i i think uh-huh. I, I just it it didn't really occur to me i didn't really care but now no. i think now listening to them as an adult <laughs> yeah i it just sort of it really uh jumps out to me yeah the the uh, they're unusual because they're not they're not common words right yeah i remember i think like they probably just sounded impressive at the time i was yeah. like yeah man like uh Bow to the flagism on the next album. <laughs> Any ism, I was just like, yeah, it's all part part of the system. <laughs> if you've got a big word to name our social ills, I was in. Uh, so <laughs> I think I gave it a pass. Well, we were, the, yeah, you okay? So you, so you, uh, you give you give Mike a full pardon. Yeah, okay. I fully excogitate him. <laughs> no, that's not correct. It's not not even how you not say it. Not even. Say it. <laughs> he was still, he's still smarter than me as a sixteen year old than I am. That's that's dirty. that's probably that's probably true. Um, okay, so that's a close up Mike's vocab corner until until teenage politics. Yeah. I got some entries for that. Oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> um, so, you have any other closing remarks before? I don't think so. There's a lot of ground to cover as far as yeah. uh, our journeys and uh, our walks, how our walk is going, and uh, <laughs> the ins and outs of the culture at the time and where we've come since then but you know we got a lot of albums to cover still. we do we so, have um we time. so we uh we don't i don't know exactly how we want to go about um some of this because um i i think that ideally covering the 
Um, we could either go about this by doing um, um, each uh, album as it was released chronologically, sure. or we could do um, um, each full length as it was released chronologically, and then maybe go back and group together some of the EPs sure. or you know, like the Let It Happens or the mm-hmm. On the Covers or, um, you know, the there's the Christmas album. There's mm-hmm. um, some of those more the the singles that or the live albums. There's a lot of there's a lot of ground to cover, but yeah. Um, at the very least, we know that the very next episode is going to be Teenage Politics, uh, which came out in 1995 pretty seminal for both of us oh the the probably quintessential um album for me um so yeah let's uh i think let's close it up and uh as i said um you can hit us up uh at magnified pod on twitter or magnified pod at gmail.com uh at i am just a dude for andrew and uh, on tape with John. Um, so yeah, we're clocking in at an hour and a half, which is, you know, we were wondering if we were going to have enough to, uh, talk about for, but clearly we, we got, uh, we, we didn't even, we didn't even cover, uh, remotely as much as we wanted to, but yeah. Um, so yeah. Cool. First episode. Dunzo. Dunzo. Nailed it. Thanks for hanging on if you did. (laughs) So yeah, next episode we'll cover teenage politics when uh, it'll be a time for a podcast at our house. And it wouldn't be the same without you. So join us, won't you? (laughs)